Good morning. At least it is for me right now because I am sipping on an eggnog latte. I'm not talking about Dickies and Moose Mugs kind of vibe. I'm talking about Life Boost's eggnog latte flavor. I love this coffee. But even more, last week we had the maple cinnamon French toast. Uh Uh-huh, that's right, maple cinnamon French toast. And let me tell you, it was fan-fucking-tastic. Right now, B is cutting weight for his fight, and so there aren't really any sweets in the house, which is problematic because I have a giant sweet tooth. This, however, is allowed, and it's amazing, and it totally satisfies all of the sweet cravings that I have. Now, I love mine with stevia and a couple of tablespoons of almond milk. If you mix them together, you get like this really thick, like frothy thing going on at the bottom. So when you pour your coffee in, that froth rises to the top and you get this like sweet foam at the top and it's fucking fantastic. Pro tip, you're welcome. I talk a lot, though, about Life Boost flavors, and yes, they are worth me bragging about them all the time, but did you know that Life Boost is here to help the environment, and with Earth Day coming up, it's worth mentioning. Life Boost not only pays their farmers a fair wage, but they are using sustainable farming, which protects the environment and wildlife. They even donate a percent of profits to protect the plants and animals that live in their coffee regions. I'm not sure how you feel about our planet, but I love it. So, not only am I getting a delicious coffee, but I'm also helping the planet I live on. If you're interested in doing the same, Life Boost is offering you 30% with our discount code of UNMASKED. That's U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D for 30% of your order. My spring break is this week. But I'm not fancy enough to be able to take a relaxing vacation to Florida, Hawaii, or even go to any beach for that matter. Since we live here in this landlocked hellhole called Indiana. Just kidding. I love the Midwest. (laughs) And we have Lake Michigan. So Instead, I am booking myself some me time at a place to float. Floating involves a tank of water heated to a wonderful 97 degrees with two tons of Epsom salt mixed in to allow full buoyancy and relieving all of your body muscles and joints from tension aches. When I'm in the tank, I usually do mindful meditation and then I tend to just pass the fuck out. But I know a lot of us suffer injuries in the gym and we tend to get into our heads a lot. At least I do. And when we had Aaron on, the owner of the place to float, we talked about how this is the one place we can have the space to just walk through those moments of headiness. It's honestly the best 60 minutes of the day. Truly. After which a place to float has complimentary tea or water and a beautiful seating area designed for quiet reflection or just a moment longer to yourself. And who doesn't need more of those? This is truly an oasis of chill right here in the middle of our city. 
If you're interested, you can sign up right online at a place to float.com and use code unmasked to save yourself 20% on your first float. That's unmasked, U-N-M-A-S-K-E-D, to save yourself 20% on your first float. Welcome, welcome. This is our first our first Zoom Unmasked Zoom podcast. Unmasked. Ooh, I'm excited. Uh, Great. Thanks, guys. Do you want to introduce yourself for all 10 fans we have? <laughs> yes, absolutely. It's fine. I have like zero. Um, so I'm Sarah Goyer. <laughs> um, I have been training Muay Thai a little over four years now. Um, and I originally trained, uh, got into it in Virginia, DMV, DC area. And then I've just moved to Thailand in January of 2022. But in the meantime, I had the awesome opportunity to train with you two um, at top level when I was staying at my brother's for like six months in my transition on my way to Thailand. So I'm, yeah, that's a, I guess that's the basic Muay Thai intro. There are other parts too that we can get into, but I'll oh, start with that. Yeah, your title holder. That, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I did. I did fight um, TBA back in 2019, which feels like forever ago, um, and did the novice ladies C-class flyweight division and won the belt, which was great. Um, and I've had, so I've had seven fights um, and I'm, other fights just like at smokers and exhibitions. And then I decided I wanted to come to Thailand. So, and hoping, hoping to fight again soon, April 30th. April yeah, 30th, okay, sweet. sweet, yay. What do you fight at over there? Is it different? Is it similar? Do you like dropping more weight? It's very different right now. So as everyone went through COVID, I gained plenty of weight and went yes, through a Yeah, same girl. <laughs> yeah, uh, I gained weight and so much perspective is what I like to say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it so I'm fighting heavier. A lot of the eating disordered weight style, like weight cut stuff that gets into body dysmorphia and stuff. I'm sure you guys have seen at the gyms. I've seen it, the many gyms I've gone to, both men and women. It's like, it's intimidating and stressful to have like that number be such a big deal. So I'm fighting heavier. Part of my journey was to be just like making sure I'm doing it in a way that's healthy for me and sustainable. And that I can still eat things that I like and can enjoy food. And fortunately, when you're in Thailand, you're training a lot. So I'm training like five to six hours a day, typically six days a week um, with maybe like a morning off here and there, like at once a week or so, but it's pretty intense. So it also makes it very easy to kind of eat whatever. <laughs> um, and you're more so trying to focus on getting protein and everything. I'm fighting at 60 kilograms here, which straight up, I don't know how much that is in pounds. Yeah, it's like it's times. Hold on, we have a phone calculator. We have Let's a calculator. Do it. We can do Actually, I kind of really, I love that you just hit on something okay. that is something really like frustrating. And one of the reasons why I think I love training so much, which is really fucked up, but it's because I, um, as a dancer, body dysmorphia was really prominent mm. in it. And now, and growing up in the nineties where everybody was like, tr like traumatically thin. And I yeah. actually didn't even think about it until my daughter was watching Fast and Furious the other day and was like, 
oh yeah i can see where your body dysmorphia would come into play she's like nobody has any features in this like there's nothing there's no boobs no yeah. ass, no hips nothing and it's coming back which is tr really scary to me yeah, but no i digress idea. not a fan <laughs> uh, but, 132 oh 132 okay but um but then i you know i thought i really was trying to get over that and trying to be like quote unquote healthy but then i found gyms um that really like become a breeding ground for that because it is all about that number on the scale and i'm 411 and so technically i should be probably right around 90 pounds and but i'm 411 with a lot of curves and a giant ass so it's like yep. that's not going yeah. shut up that's that's not going to happen and if it is it's going to happen in like a very unhealthy way. So I honestly, it's nice to hear that it's not just me who kind of struggles with it, but like, yeah. how tall are you? I'm like five, five, which is okay. funny. Cause since I've started fighting people question that they're like, you're not five, five. And I'm like, I never felt like I was that <laughs> short until people are like, oh, girl, stop acting like you're tall. I'm like, that's not I tall. <laughs> I love that you're getting gaslit about your height. You're like, no. I guess. No. Measure me. I don't know. <laughs> like, but so I'm five five, and I fought before like a lot lighter because I was similarly. I'd been in um, a relationship that was unhealthy, and like I ended up like started coping with trauma and realizing I used food to cope. And I was like, oh, okay, I got in therapy. I was working on it. Started getting a healthier relationship with exercising and food. And then I lost a bunch of weight. Um, and then my relationship became more toxic and he started being like very into my number on the scale and that became important, but I stayed like pretty low. So I was started training, I was like 120 pounds okay. and I gained 10 pounds of muscle. Fighting, I started fighting like 125. The tournament I did, I actually weighed in at like 116 and 118 on mm -hmm. separate days. So I got like small yeah. and that's when it really hit me how bad <laughs> how intensely and like mentally um just yeah how much of my body dysmorphia was hitting me because then it got it like cemented in my head what I could be and how tiny I could be and that like was so hard for me to deal with coming out of it I was still like tiny but I felt so huge and I was like comparing myself to my friend who'd like gotten out of it and constantly questioning like and then fell into binge eating and kind of like all this like self-hate and shame and I had to talk to some people about it because that's, I think the hardest thing with body dysmorphia and like eating disorders and everything is like the shame part of just like not being able to talk about it. And especially in the sport of thinking about like, if I have a fight coming up, if I'm gaining weight, I don't want people to know because I'll just and deal with it. This is no, it's yeah. so wild. Everybody can see every single change in you because they're all so hyper aware of it too and so I'm yeah like, exactly like I told B I was like I gained like three four pounds and I was like and I know everyone knows and I know everyone is thinking she's not dedicated enough and I'm like <laughs> I don't I don't know how to get my voices and their voices out of my head yeah exactly and learning to talk to myself like I started talking to a nutritionist and friends and just like working through that and recognizing I don't think I recognized it fully until I was actually out of it entirely because of COVID to really be like, oh, okay, this is how messed up that was. And I was looking at myself and finally like 
gaining weight and having more curves and having a belly and being like, yeah, I like love, I'm grateful my body moves for me. Like, let me accept what my body does and not focus on like what it is. Cause that before I always wanted a six pack and I wanted to look like all these ways. And then I like cut water weight and I was like, nah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I, I actually never six packs don't win fights. No, exactly. <laughs> six packs don't do anything. It's yeah, just like, I like and carbs so it's yeah, cool the, the weight cuts like really like because I'll get you know obviously after a weight cut you get like real shredded and you're like damn but you feel yeah. awful so it's like okay not worth it you know no exactly <laughs> exactly I was like that's not that's not happiness anyone can do it if they want to go through yeah. hell and after doing it yourself you realize like what celebrities and everyone I'm oh sure do God. to look as good as oh, they yeah. do in their movies or whatever i'm like oh yeah, that's fine movies that he's you know been been you know five pounds to like 250 pounds like okay i feel though like <clears throat> as with dancers i feel like in hollywood there is an array of different drugs that you could take to help you with that sure. but i think in yeah. fighting cocaine unless you're john jones like doesn't really <laughs> vibe <laughs> like, yeah. i feel like it's not the thing that i need to be putting into my body in order to be a faster it'll probably think make me think i'm faster but like yeah. just I have anxiety. So like, I think it would just ramp my anxiety up to a 400. So on the, on the weight cut thing, like, like a lot of TIE fighters fight like every week, you know, yeah. so what, what's, cause I know what I do, but I fight like three times a year, you know? So yeah. what, what are you, you know, what are you looking to do as far as like, I mean, if you're going to turn it around in a week, I don't know what the schedule is like for you. But like, are you thinking, you know, I mean, if, if one is one thirty two like closer to walking weight, I guess for that yeah for me I'm still so I came here at 70 kilograms so I came here a lot heavier and then the first like couple six weeks to two months have been like gaining back muscle and dropping weight and I'm gonna probably continue to lose weight I imagine later I'll be fighting more in the mid to higher 50s um 50 kilograms but for now it was just like kind of the natural I eat normally I drink a lot of water make sure I sleep enough and exercise they do have like the sauna suits and things that they'll do so like for the last fight that a couple of my teammates did um you know day or so before there's usually like a kilogram or two so that's like about two two to four pounds where it's like you're doing the sweatsuit some people like to run in it some people like to sit in the sauna some people kind of have their methods um for me something that's really important I'd like to not have to do it this time I don't think I will because I have enough time and Last I checked, I was like 64 to 65. So I only have like, uh, gosh, pounds, <laughs> like eight-ish <laughs> pounds to lose. But I'm like, over like five weeks, that's not a problem because I'm already like on that trajectory. Um, but normally I know a lot of it is not, some of the Thai styles aren't always like actually healthy. So like being aware, a lot of times they'll just be like, no, like eat this or just don't eat anything for multiple days or something. And that's like how, but you're still training or but yeah. It's not always like scientifically based with nutrition or different things like that. They might walk um, in and just be dead at, on the scale. Yeah. Yeah. And they'll, they'll just like eat ice cream right after they weigh in instead of making sure they get their, the right new hydration and everything back, which no shade to anyone how they figure their way out. I, I love ice cream. I'm not judging, but you know, make sure you get your, nutrients and everything back so that your body can start to recover so um I think really just for me my goal because I that's the thing I can speak to the most is wanting to only ever cut like 
one to two kilograms at most of water because after having had all of the negative experiences with weight I just want I think it's like I think it's healthier for us to fight closer to our walking weight anyways and it is I can't change the sport but I can do what's best for me so I think that was something that I am starting to realize I'm working with um our cousin Adam I'm he's a great coach he's training me and lifting and helping me with my nutrition and stuff like that. And I was telling one of my friends the other day, actually, who we just interviewed was like, he's like, you have to be eating more than 1200 calories. And my body dysmorphia kicked in immediately. And I like just started crying. And I was like, I can't like, that's too much. I'm going to put on so much weight. And he was like, you are working out seven days a week. Like you cannot be living on that. It's going to fuck you over. So I did. And like, I'm like, okay, do you find yourself now that you're just becoming more aware and and healthier and what you're doing, do you find yourself like kicking faster, like feeling stronger? Um, How does that affect your practice, your fighting? I definitely feel that. And granted, it's been a long break in between, but I definitely (laughs) like I'm stronger like overall like coming back from Muay Thai before I just had started and like from the second I started I never stopped for like two to three years until COVID hit and it was constant and I it's a different mentality of the way I'm going about it now like I'm more thoughtful I'm not having as many injuries I kind of always had issues with my ankle um before and I was always like baking it and kind of always like in this back and forth of how do I protect this or how do I take care of it but coming here, I was really intentional to want to make sure I'm getting the workouts in. If I start to feel something being weak, I talk to my trainer. I'll be like, hey, like this is weak. He's like, cool, this is a workout you need to do so that you can build this muscle. Um, and really opening that communication. And I, I am feeling that show up in the way that I train a lot more. Oh, it's wow. funny because I still have like, it's <laughs> like not like fight dysmorphia when I watch myself now and feel myself I'm like I feel so far behind but then I'll see video and I'm like that's not as bad as I thought more confident a little bit but I know there's still like so much I want to do it's hard to sit and appreciate and be like wow like look at me but not getting injured is a big thing and I used to run into like my ankle issues a lot like that I was in and out kind of for a while and had to go to physical therapy because I'd like roll my ankle or sprain my ankle and just be like gone um and as we know (laughs) you're doing so much footwork when you're fighting there's very even like a proper punch you need that that footwork down in order to like move correctly and now I feel like I'm able to put in the work and like get that without being worried about being injured nice um I've also started doing strength training, which is something I never did before. <laughs> Same. So. I didn't either. Because guess what happens to the scale once you start doing it? Exactly. And I'm like, yeah. I can't get bulky. Yes. I love it. I love it because it's like, once I understood like the science and the reason behind it, because I was the same way about like being worried about the numbers and everything. And then once I learned, I'm like, oh, okay, when I'm building muscle, yes, the scale is going to go up but I'm holding more water. So it's going to make that whatever water thing I do even easier. Or the second you stop doing all that heavy lifting, it goes back down. Yeah. <laughs> but you're still shredded. Like, it's yeah. great. <laughs> it's so wild. I, I, I keep saying, I was like, I, this is why to me, knowledge is such an imperative part of my life because 
in order for me to feel okay doing something, I have to be able to understand it. Trust and I are not like the greatest of friends. So when I have someone who can finally explain it to me, I say, oh, okay, that does make sense. Let's do that. Um, so yeah, I think like, like you said, understanding the science behind it becomes much, it becomes much more a, a better practice for me. So yeah, I like it. But, and I've gotten compliments. I was just telling Adam the other day, I was like, I was rolling jujitsu and some of the people I was rolling, I was like, you're really strong. And I'm like, ah, I'm really strong. <laughs> Something's actually working. The process works. It's weird. <laughs> I know. Yeah. What? <laughs> right. Wild. So, okay. Let's back up a little bit. What yeah. made you start doing my time? Like, I know what it was for me, but what was it for you that was like, I, I have to do this now? So I have six older brothers. And so I think that like was just in general. Like I my... almost put my coffee out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my childhood in general, I was very like, like I was very girly, but also very tomboy because they would let me, like they brought me along with everything that yep. they did. Um, and so like I would play Barbies, but then we were playing like Hot Wheels and Legos and everything else too. That was um, my so childhood. I had one older brother and I got, I got babysat by who he thought was Mr. Miyagi. So he would make me do like karate kid drills. So I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they were, none of them have been into fighting or anything, but I just like, taking on the more we like rough house and all that and so the idea of it was kind of always in my head was like kickboxing or something like that um and then I watched and like had seen some options like some gyms out there and I just kind of always caved because I was like that's intimidating as I got older and I was expensive and all the different things and I finally went to um a retreat that was actually for healing for women who'd been through childhood sexual abuse and as a part of it, they included Muay Thai. And so it was like this grounding therapeutic technique um, and workout and exercise. And yeah, from the second I put on the gloves and like hit a pad, I was just like, oh, I have to do this forever. Like, I don't know what this is. Ever. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I like, start, started working out a little bit and like lost the weight by then. And I'd like done running and run a half marathon or tried things here and there. But then like this was, I was like, this is so much better than running. Little did I know how connected running was, but, <laughs> but I was like, this is amazing. And I love it. And I'm strong. Like, what is this? <laughs> so, yeah. Right, so people don't understand how therapeutic punching something is like until you yeah. do it and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> yes. I think it's so interesting. Cause it's like, I go back and forth where I think too, like, I started Muay Thai as a way to like open the door to potentially fighting MMA because um, I saw Amanda Nunez and I'm pretty sure I fell in love with her. Like I was like, I want to be her. I want to just be her. Like I love her. Um, that checks out. I, <laughs> I still love her. I love her so much. I love everything. She's she, all of her pictures. Her family's gorgeous. Love it. But um, but to it, it really exposed a lot of insecurities that I was not ready for and like did you ever go through that like moment where you're like I really love this sport but I'm I'm like because for me I'm like crying every other day but not because I'm hurt it's because I'm reliving those moments of like remember how bad you are you suck so bad 
still go for that. Okay, okay. Okay, good. Not it's good. Yeah. But like it's nice to know. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those weird things. It's hard to explain to people. I have like milestones since I've been in Thailand. I started like checking stuff off for myself that I'll probably put out there someday. But it was like first day I got like cramps. Um, my second day of training, like because I just wasn't hydrated and I was Thailand and I slept enough. And so I was like hella cramped. Like from the second we were doing push-ups, my legs were like, nope. And then the next day I got thrown out of the ring and clinch sparring, my like lip got busted, like all these things and kind of like this progression of like hard things. And I think it was the second week where I was like, okay, today I went home and I just cried after training in the shower. Just like, I was like, nope, this, like not even nope. Like I don't want to do it. It's never a question of if I love this thing, but it's just like, this is hard and my body needs to release in some way and deal with the frustration of like, why am I not, especially for me, a big struggle that I keep going back to that I'm working to let go of is like, I'm not where I was. Like I was in crazy shape. I was getting ready to fight for another title and like doing all these things right before COVID hit. And it was a long journey of finding Muay Thai on my own and like having left my gym, having left Virginia, having moved with family, had a lot of different changes and losses and some, and gains for myself too, but just like this process has been hard to get back here and be like, okay, I got this. Like, I know I, I'm never questioned why I'm here, but it still doesn't change the fact that it's hard. And I feel like, why am I not getting this? Like, do I know how to do this? Yeah. Sometimes my voice in my head, literally like, you shouldn't fight. Yeah. <laughs> like, that like, is okay. incredibly comforting to me to know, because I think a lot of for me, I really look at other girls and go, oh, well, she's so confident. She just knows what the hell is up. When I'm like, I've not won any of my fights. And I'm like, do I even need to be doing this? Like, what am I wasting my time, my money, all of my energy doing something that I'm clearly not good at? But then it's like, well, what else are you going to do? Like you can do other things that you're not good at, but it's still, it's like that constant insecure voice inside my head is, it's nice to know that I'm not the only one going through that. No, definitely. That what else you're going to do thing is like, cause you know, most people are like, you're so busy all the time. And I'm like, yeah, I just go to the gym all the time. (laughs) And then I have other things I do that I probably have more time to do if I didn't go to the gym all the time. <laughs> so it's like, what else are you gonna fucking do? Yeah, like, if I didn't go to the gym, it's like I'd probably sit at home more. That doesn't sound appealing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh, you mean the place where I have friends and I, I, well, I feel these like frustrations. For me, every single breakdown that I have, like in the, I've had some in the ring where one day a couple weeks ago, maybe it was a moment. I don't know. There's no sense of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I kept getting hit in the face, and for some reason. It had gotten like, my nose had gotten a little bruised or something. And it was just a day where mentally, like, I just kept dropping my hand and my friend kept hitting me in the face to like make a point that I need to keep my hand up. But it was in my head and I kept feeling it. And it was like, I just got overwhelmed and like had essentially kind of a panic attack. Like I finished the round, but I was like, after I was like on the verge of tears and just like upset and just like that. And the coach was like, you're done sparring. Like, okay, thanks for like letting me. Right, I am. Yeah, it's frustrating, but I also when I have these moments, I remember I'm like, oh yeah, this happened to me all the time before too. Like every single part of Muay Thai is like you're breaking down so that you can get built up again and again. 
That's what I love about it. This is the conversation I need. I will put this on repeat in my head now. <laughs> Maybe I'll just re-listen to my own podcast because it it is, I I remember the first time I sparred and I was like, like crying while I did it. And the old boxing, not Wes, but uh, Dave, right? Dave, he was there and he was like, do you want to keep going? And I was like, yes, I want to keep going. And I think what people don't understand is that my tears are not coming from a place of like sadness. I think genuinely it comes from a, a place of just like one self hatred and self loathing and like just frustration because I constantly on that loop of like, you suck, you suck, you suck. Why are you crying? You big baby, you suck so bad. And then it's like, why does my brain like this? Why? But do you have any like techniques or meditation or anything that you do to kind of help you go over like do you keep a journal like what how are you how do you get over that <laughs> asking for a friend for sure <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 I don't know if someone like you know that um, <laughs> for me a bit, journal is key journaling is key for everything I have a lot of like different techniques that I use I like to talk it out with a friend especially someone who like knows what's happening because sometimes my brain ADHD runs and I'm like, journaling is like so slow. If I don't have someone, sometimes I'll straight up just video myself and like vlog to myself. I do the same thing. Oh my God, I'm so <laughs> glad you said that because I did that for my very first fight and I have not rewatched the videos, but I'm like, I needed to say it. Yes, exactly. Like for me, when you say something, it takes away its power, whatever it is, whatever shame or anything like that's why I talk about my trauma. That's why I talk about a lot of things with mental health, because it's like taking away the power of shame or whatever's holding me back. But once I just say it, it's like, okay, cool. Now that's out there. It's not in me anymore. So I can let go. Like even that day with like getting punched in the face again and again, really for me, my panic attack kind of came from like, oh my gosh. I can't even like cover my face in sparring. I'm going to, I'm about to fight in a couple of weeks. I like heard about the girl. She was like a strong rugby player. Like I ended up not having that fight, but like, it was this like constant like thing of like spiral of like, and you can't even keep your head, hand up. And like, then why are you here? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Do you really think you can do this? Like, who are you? Um, and it all stems from that idea of like, I'm like, it just hurts. Like it hurts to get punched in the nose, to get punched in the nose and like, again and again, your eyes start to water anyway. <laughs> and it's like frustrating. Yeah. So for me, walking through that and recognizing like, I realized that that moment that I was focusing too much on the big picture, when I was focusing on her, which I can't control her. I don't know who she is. I don't, even if I hear things about my opponent, I try not to know a lot because at this point in my career, I'm like, it matters what I'm going to do more than anything. What can I do? I'm not, most of the people I'm fighting at this point, I'm still, the fight I'm going to do is still amateur. So there's still like a lower level to where I'm not going to go fight like a fighter who's known for a specific technique that they always do. So I'm like, I have to watch that technique. We're all still building. We're in the beginning. And if I'm worried about them, I'm not going to take care of me. And like, for me with Muay Thai, like finding my rhythm, finding things I do well at, staying true to myself is the way that I can like go forward and like win fights or like do well, because I'm staying on my rhythm. I'm not going to get caught up in what she does and get overwhelmed. But at that moment, I recognized because I could follow that like spiral. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm just really scared of this fight. 
And if I instead let go of that and focus on like, okay, what am I going to do today? How can I enjoy? How can I learn something? How can I build on like today's training? Cool. I really want to focus on like this thing and then I can grow and get better. And if the girl's better than me, whoever I fight, good on her. Like, fuck yeah. I'm glad there are more women out there fucking fighting and doing well. Great. It's actually, I have two, I don't want to bogart this whole conversation. (laughs) Sorry. I just have so many questions that I think I've been, I didn't know that I had until I started talking and I was like, oh yeah. Um, I think that is, I suffer from imposter syndrome um, a lot, especially because people always look at me and go, oh, you look like such a badass. And I'm like, well, I shaved my head because it kept getting caught in people's hands in jujitsu. Like, yes, Mm -hmm. it's a look that I've thought about doing for a really long time. Yes, do I want to feel like a badass? Absolutely. Like my septum piercing came because I was like, oh, it just looks cute on me. Like, great, let's do it. I was never intentionally building a look of being like this bad bitch. But when people look at me, they're like, oh, she is. And I want to be like, I'm a marshmallow. Like, there's no way. (laughs) But I feel like at the same time, I should be owning my badassery, you know, And, and I'm really struggling finding that ownership of being like, yeah, like I get punched in the face. Yeah, I choke boys out. Like, what the fuck, you know? So how do you like kind of because I'm, I'm sure you have the same idea of like, I'm not what everyone thinks I am, you know, or what everyone perceives me to be. And then two, how do you take that ownership and support other women in the gym? Because that is probably my biggest frustration. I am so envious of other women who can confidently uplift and support other women. Because for me, it becomes like, I don't want to look at them as my competition. And I also don't want to look at them as being like, they're better than me. I should just go home, which is kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. Do you do that? No, I feel you. Uh, believe me, I feel you. I, <laughs> um, yes, it is so relatable. Like that feeling of just like, I got the opposite for the more part in my life. Everyone's like, oh, but you're so cute. And like, when I shaved my head, I was like, maybe I'll stop getting that fucking comment every once in a while. I was like, in corporate America, dressed up everything, like you in my life. And then people are like, and she fights people. And everyone's like, no. And I'm like, yes, I've had this conversation 500 million times. So many times. I stopped telling people I do any of this because I just don't want to have that conversation anymore. People also want to be like, oh, you like punch people hard. Like you get punched and you're like, I don't know how else to tell you. It's getting more mainstream now, but yeah, it's still still a little cliche. Like, oh, you actually fight people? You fucking like, what the hell is wrong with you? So much. I usually say so much. Like dudes are like, could you beat me up? And I'm like, what? <laughs> yes, I will go, yes. bro. Leave me alone. Do you want to find out? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I think like that for me has been, I think like learning, leaning into just being like, I get to be all the things. I do get to be, if I want, whatever I want to be. So like, if I want to be cute, if I want to be all the things, like when I talk to people, I love Muay Thai beautiful. Like to me, it's so beautiful and artistic and it's violent. Yes, but it's beautiful violence. And so like, for me, if someone throws a good punch, like I'm like, that's pretty, but that's beautiful. And I just like, I speak in the way that I like to speak. I was coaching for a while back at one of my gyms and I would be like, this is like a beautiful punch. And I'd like describe things in that way because that's who I am. And I really leaned into being like, if I'm going to be in this, it's going to be my version. 
all of us are different and that's like the art part of it is yeah. that like we take and make it like what's ours and that I think too has been part of what's helped me lean into finding more women like when I see a woman do something I'm like that was a beautiful punch like let's embrace that you don't have to be you can be like rough if you want to be but you don't have to be that you know like especially as you see more and more like high level tie fighters like they're so gorgeous it's a dance it is violent but it is like slow and movement and the rhythm is so specific for me this is why I like Muay Thai over kickboxing is it's like that rhythm and that timing is different and that's what makes it prettier yeah Um, I think that's kind of why I I like I think I get techniques so well fighting and technique are not the same always in my head it becomes trying really hard to get that muscle memory down so that when I go into a fight my brain's not thinking about how to put my foot I can rely on that muscle memory but when I've been dancing for so long so the rhythm and the movement is so um comforting it's very much like home the idea of shifting your weight to the front foot and then coming back for a hook with the right and then coming back up to that front foot with the right kick like it's so like oh I understand this so much that I just I really I agree I love it it's like a dance it's a violent dance yes yeah so I think like that for me was like finding that and being myself that way and just trying and learning to lean in which took getting really comfortable. I had a great space with a lot of supportive people around me that made me feel at home in Muay Thai, in myself. And then because I had that for long enough, like it helped me now go everywhere else and feel for the more part in the state. I won't lie in Thailand. I feel very uncomfortable. Lots of places. I'm a very small fish, which is what I want to be. I don't want to be big fish in a small pond, but um, it really gave me a nice base. And for being like someone who lifts up other women, I'll be honest, like I, it's difficult. Not, it's not difficult like as a whole, because like for me, finding and loving and supporting women has kind of been a whole part of my journey as I learned to accept myself, recognize my trauma, work through things. Like I just have the ultimate utmost respect for women. Like I love my brothers, but I grew up in a very homogenous society and I grew up very sexist um and like sex is against women and growing out of that was a process for sure and a lot of it came from my like learning to love myself and learning to overcome like what had happened to me and recognize in others that like they there's I'm sure a story that I don't know about someone and just try to see trauma for what it is and recognize humanity but I still have times when I'm super competitive with women (laughs) like I won't lie I definitely have thoughts and I think like or feeling like frustrated right now. I'm training with an incredible pro fighter here, uh, Mariana Scambati. She's one of my hey, dear friends. Dude, I for, love like her. the videos that you post, I'm just like, <laughs> amazed, just yes. in awe and amazed, definitely jealous. Just like, <laughs> it also looks way warmer there. So I'm, that also helps. <laughs> that helps for sure, yes. But yeah, getting to be like around that kind of excellence, it's hard not to compare yourself. It's very difficult not to be like, why am I not there? For me, I get kind of caught up in like a comparing myself to them and then even comparing myself to like my past self before COVID. And I'm trying to just own that, like where I'm at today, because that's all that matters. And so like, what can I do today? Kind of going back to you, instead of focusing on my opponent or whoever's going to be in the ring, what am I working on? And I like (laughs) have... 
on my mirror over there, I, I take a like whiteboard marker and I'll write things that I'm working on on a list or I'll put them on my phone or in a journal and just try to pick things when I go in the ring in training, if I'm sparring, whatever, and be like, I'm working on this today. Yes. And owning that and just making it about like, how can I get better? How can I improve? That's going to be like, that's how I get my fights too. Um, so like if I, you can't always win or lose a fight, like, or you can't always win a fight, even if you technically win. And so if you want to come out feeling happy, like for me, in order to feel any kind of sanity in this very uncertain world, I have to be like, what can I control? So here are like, I'll pick two to three things every fight I go into and be like, this is what I want to do. My very first fight, I was like, I don't want to gas out. Okay, so if I don't want to gas out, I need to breathe. I want to be making sure I'm throwing punches because that's like important when you fight. Um, and then I want to crazy. Um, and then I want to cut angles. So I want to be like, for me, I knew I was like, especially in a first fight, like someone's putting a lot of pressure. So I want to step and cut angles instead of just going back, back and getting overwhelmed. Um, and I walked out being like super proud. I did that. I did other things too. I ended up throwing a lot of knees and that was like awesome. And after I was like, cool, did I do these things? Yes. Okay. I'm happy. Yeah. What are the next two to three things I want to do? And that's like what I focus on in fight camp and everything. And then you can learn. And so like, I was like, oh, my defense was really bad. Like my hands are down here or I'm letting people like pop me in the head. Okay. Next fight. I want to fix this. Okay. And that for me became what made it easier to be like obsessed with it and not get as discouraged. Cause I was like, Hey, as long as I do that, like there's a million things to fix and work on always in Muay Thai. But if I've got like this thing, then I'm improving and I can see that it's happening. I love that. And I'm definitely going to implement that more because I think I started to do that more with jujitsu because for me, jujitsu was way overwhelming. I mean, with Muay Thai, it's like you have hands, you have legs. Those are the four things that you're working with for the most part, which you just, it's like everything is attackable. Everything is like a new move that has a new name. And I just. Jujitsu is like the Swiss army knife of martial arts or attachments in different ways to use different tools. So it's a, it's a lot more complicated from that aspect. Muay Thai is, yes. like, you know, it's like, okay, I've got these weapons and I've got to do, I got to do the timing is that the timing is the hardest yeah. thing in Muay Thai, you know, yep. people that are just savage at it. You're like, why isn't this shit working? <laughs> but I really like that. I think I'm going to start doing, I kind of started doing that for Muay Thai, but I fell off the wagon because I think I just focused so hard on, I just want to spar more. Okay, well, that's yeah. an easy goal. You can do that. But when I'm sparring, then I get really frustrated. And I was sparring with Amanda the other day and she is doing so good. And I literally was like, not in the right mind frame. I was rushing from work to here to wherever. I literally just came in to spar with her and she beat my ass. And I was just like, but why? And I was so mad. And I started, I like walked off. I was such a bitch <laughs> like I was just walked out like I we were done I was like good job good job and she's like thank you so much she was so sweet and so appreciative and I was like good for you and she's like it took me so long to spar and I'm like great and I like left and I later went back and was like look I'm really sorry nothing I was feeling was anything to have to do with you it was literally my own bullshit and I'm so sorry I was like you're amazing you're doing so good I'm so proud of you I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I was having a whole moment, 
But that being said, I was like, I think it was just because I didn't have, I had the goal that I had in mind was too broad and too easy to fail. Yeah. I mean, you can't, you can only technically you either win or you lose, but if you're approaching it from like how you said, then you're winning at what you set yourself up to win for, as opposed to yeah. like, win a belt, which like, yeah, I do. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but same everyone. Yeah. You fight, you want to yeah, win. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What are you doing? If you're, if you're fighting, you want to win something big, you know, like, yeah. Well, and it's like, it's the same thing with like, when people, I've had friends who be like, I want to knock them out in this fight. And I'm like, eh. like, you can't control, like you might have an amazing cross or whatever. Like I have a really good cross and I love it, but I don't know what that girl's next strength is. Like, I don't know if she's going to keep me away. So I can't, but if I look only and get that tunnel vision, like then you start making all these kinds of mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> it's too broad. That was Julian opinion, Amanda Nunes last oh, fight. She dude. kept trying to knock her out and got tired and then she got beat up, you know, and choked. So yeah. That was I loved and hated that fight. Cause I like I said, I love Nunes so much, but I think it was interesting to see the best of the best get pulled so quickly into that same mindset that I think all of us are very susceptible to being pulled into, which is I'm going to get that tunnel, but I'm going to beat the shit out of this girl because she thinks she has hands. And all of a sudden, Nunez just went and glazed over and went dead on for it. And I was like, stop. (laughs) I know you can hear me. Oh, (laughs) But it was was nice to see, I guess, in that aspect. I think, like, for me, that's what one of the many things I love about the gym so much is, like, getting to know, like, even you guys, I'm like, we met very, a couple times, but I love, like, getting to see the parts of people that you don't usually see. Like, if you go out in the corporate world or random places, you meet someone, you're like, oh, they've got their mask on, but, like, in the gym, there's not a mask. You get to see, like, when someone gets pissed during sparring, like, I've oh, I got pissed yesterday during sparring (laughs) and like frustrated with my teammate who I also really love, but like getting to break down and be like, fuck you. But then really anytime I feel that about someone, I'm like, I'm just mad at myself and I'm like projecting or, you know, kind of like pushing it out. And there's like, especially like, I think for people in general, but especially for women, like we're not encouraged to be angry or aggressive or like confrontational. And so like, for me, that's something that I've struggled with my whole life. Like I'm very, I'm too nice. I don't get mad at people because I don't trust people to be mad at them. So like getting to like push it out and be like pissed is very uncommon. But at the gym, I get that. Yeah, I have that too, where it's like, I actually was really worried that my fight name would become Sorry Sarah, because (laughs) I say sorry so much that Ian will be like, stop saying sorry. And I'm like, but I am. Because sometimes sparring, <laughs> I get to I'll like throw a kick too hard. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And the idea of not saying sorry is something that I want to take throughout my entire life <laughs> because it, yes. it is, you're encouraged to be this very, like, I grew up in a very Christian home and the word submissive was used so often that yeah. I think for me, the change was I just got fucking tired of it. Like, I was like, mm-hmm. I cannot believe in a God who wants me to be a doormat anymore. Like, I just couldn't do it. And so I kind of like started to veer away from it 
significantly, um, which I know breaks my family's heart, but like, I don't know what to tell them. Same. Same. Same too. Right. (laughs) Like I, you know, growing up in a very, like I watched my mom tell me things like you have to like, just be a good wife and I'm like I am a good wife and any man who steps into my life better be a fucking stand-up dude because I'm tired Mm -hmm. of this shit and I was I was actually got on my mom I was like don't you want me to be like a strong independent human you raised me to be this sassy like frustrated angry person and she's like that shut her up real quick lover but (laughs) but I think too is like I really I love not being able to have that mask on in the gym it's such a refreshing moment like I don't have to be anything other than what I am like you I am just who I am at the gym and that's where I think like for me having been able to see that for myself that's what led me to be able to be that extra supporter of other women because I'm like I know what I used to be before the gym And even sometimes like the demons, I still struggle with, but like being able to, you know, work on being confident and seeing like how I grew because of it. I'm like, oh, I want every woman to have this opportunity. Like I used to coach a women's class and a part of me and one of the other women who started, like we would make women's, if you say, sorry, you have to do burpees. Like straight up, we're like, we will beat this out of you. I love it. (laughs) I I needed that. So punch each other in the face. Being the yeah. best shape, she says sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you will not exactly. Like, <laughs> hey, there you go. Because <laughs> and it's like learning to let go of that niceness, especially to each other. Like I've, I, I know how I got there, and I know the idea of like the way that women think. Like for us, I don't know, Brandon, you can weigh in on this because I talked to some guy friends about this, but like for me, the way I imagine it, I like to coach women because I get how we think. So like I think about like the why. And for us, most women I've met, it's like, we have to break down. So if I'm teaching you how to kick, I'm like, okay, I'm going to give you these three steps. I also, I know you want the 10,000 steps that are actually included, but I'm going to give you three that like put it together really well. And then as you get better, I'm going to give you an additional thing to tweak over time because it's going to give you enough to work on, but it's not going to overwhelm you. And that's like where I pick like the three things for a fight. Because if I try to think about everything, I'm like, oh, fuck. That's kind of I feel like everybody, you know. Yeah. I, okay. I kids at top level, so yeah. You know, you have to break down it. I mean, with them, it's it's even harder because you know their attention span is this big. <laughs> so, yes. Oh my um, But yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like you can't you can't give too many people I mean, people too many things at once anyway because everybody wants to come in and go. Well, I want to be able to to do a, a spinning elbow and and have <laughs> perfectly right off the bat. You know, I'm like, well, that's not how this works you need to throw learn how to throw a one two first right you know have you ever done yeah. time? no i just watch it on i watch usc bro you know <laughs> <laughs> do you think that it's easier for guys to just come and just do though that's something i'm curious about like not I, to say that they're good but just like execute like for me i tend to be like if someone's like okay throw one two and like they show me i'm gonna be like wait let's walk through that a couple of times and I'm going to be, and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. And I like stop and try to get every single step in. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I've seen some very, I, I wouldn't say you talk. I'll I wouldn't say non-athletic or, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's just the person, you know, I, I don't yeah, true. I know that I've seen, I can't say that men just do it better. You know, I don't, I can't say that that's a thing. Yeah. 
Um, they might oh, yeah. harder right off the bat, you know, because maybe they're stronger just genetically. But yeah, you know, but then but but dudes, I feel like try to force shit more. I think it comes know? from the confidence aspect. To be yeah. honest, like I I feel like they just walk in and they're like, like it's not a big deal if they suck because they know that they're top of the food chain all the time. I mean, kind of. Yeah, exactly. And so I feel like, you know, um I I so many times will be like, if I had the confidence of, of a cis white man, I would just be the shit. But I don't. Yeah. And sometimes I try to channel it, but I'm still like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. how you can walk around just thinking that no one could ever touch you or hurt you. Cause that's not my reality. No, I feel that. I, for me, and this is something I'm always, I'm curious always to learn more from men. Cause I wonder, I used to get anxiety. Like when I first started, I would sit in my car and I'd be like, fuck like 10 minutes before class. Cause I was like, I'm gonna be the only girl and the guys are gonna hate me because I'm gonna hold pads like shit. Like I'm not gonna know what to do and they're gonna be mad that they can't go as hard as they want to. And like I used to sit there and like have that stress. Is that something that you felt before, Brandon? Well, like I'm just curious. Being always being the smaller guy, um, ah. you know, not so much anymore because I've been doing it almost a decade. So yeah, I don't you know, I I kind of grew out of some of that, but like so. Funny story, my first fight with top level, because um, I, I, I took a fight a long time ago, uh, back before I shouldn't even fight. I just trained a little bit, knew a little bit, got beat up and joined top level. So mm -hmm. that's how that started. But <laughs> um, I, a year later, I, I randomly took an MMA fight and um, Ian just had everybody beat the shit out of me for like six weeks. And it wasn't, it, it was every day I was getting shark tanked clinch sparring yeah. everything and I wasn't good so guys that were pretty seasoned had you know four or five years under their belt were just kicking the shit out of me I had to like pump myself up on the ride there I'm like it's part of the process you're gonna be fine it's no big deal so from that aspect yeah because I knew that I was walking into a shit storm of just people were gonna beat my ass all night and it really you know especially when you're not that skilled and you're not as in shape as you think you are and things like that it's like fuck man this is this really what i want to do but then you know when i when i went and fought the guys like i didn't give a shit about getting in the cage like what's this guy gonna do to me that nobody else is already you know has already done so yeah. there's been times yeah um i mean i obviously i wasn't the only girl so um that was ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, darn damn it um but, yeah i mean a lot of times too uh, when i when i first started training jiu-jitsu jiu-jitsu is a lot more intimate as far as you know you're 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 always with somebody you're always touching someone you know it's not just yeah. hitting pads you know so like when i'm 150 pounds 140 pounds and i'm trying to grapple with a 200 pound dude who's just going to sit on me and and i can't do anything about it you know it's like this kind of sucks but it's all i got to work with right now you know and i never yeah. i always felt like i was doing better than the guy who was sitting on the couch though so yeah. <laughs> to me, it's like, you know, like when Sarah was talking about uh, people think she's such a badass, I'm like, well, in the grand scheme of things, like, I don't like to call myself a badass or anything like that. I think I'm just a dude doing a sport. But 
we are like a very small percentage of people that actually go and do this shit, you know, and, and, you know, you're in Thailand right now. How many, how many Americans from Virginia fucking flew out to Thailand? Do a hard sport, but, but you flew out there to do the sport at the Capitol where potentially some of the best people that have ever done it are there or, or have been yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? Like it's more mainstream now you'll find more gems, but like you're, you're in the heart of it, you know, to do one of the hardest sports on the planet, in my mind, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just a conditioning thing because, you know, soccer is hard conditioning, but you're going in there saying, I'm going to get in a ring, punch someone in the mouth and they're going to punch me in the mouth and they're trying to kill me, you know? (laughs) So you look at the percentage of people, if it's 15%, I think that's a big percentage of people. I think that's, that's that's a pretty big, you know, and out of how many people? Seven million people on Earth. So yeah, fifteen percent of seven billion. Don't don't do the math. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm not going to do the math because <laughs> I'll have a headache. But but that's yeah, famous. Exactly. That's nothing. You could yeah. you know that's a couple of that's one country out of hundreds. You know. <laughs> no, exactly. So I'll get off my soapbox, but <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I feel the same. That's why I love Muay Thai though. Cause it's like, because we are that tiny community that yeah. where I was in the States and I was talking to people in on Instagram here that I'm now friends with and I get to hang out with yeah. and vice versa. It's like, I stay connected to people and you can be connected across the world with all of the differences we have, but we have that connection of knowing like the intensity, understanding like all of that mental game, which for me is like some of the like my favorite thing to be connected on because I want I want us all to be different and like learn about all the differences but I'm like okay you get you get the mindset though you know how to push through when things are hard you know how to keep showing up you also like have every right to be frustrated and go home and be like fuck this today like I'm mad (laughs) but then you come back again and like that love for it for me is like just the ultimate like bonding thing that we all have all my best friends or people that have tried to choke or punch me. So, yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've got a couple of high school friends to still talk to, but most of them have tried to hurt me in some way. And then we, <laughs> so. I think too, is I, I talked to, I talk a lot about this with Hannah. Cause I think my daughter has a really interesting perspective on like my, the way that I perceive women in general. And she was yeah. like, I think a lot of your, she's 19. She's a very wise 19 year old. She was raised by me and the internet and theater people. So So she's like, I think a lot of your trauma comes from actually women also being just like you and being mean to you. And she's like, so you don't have a lot of women friends. And I said, yeah, but now I never thought of myself as the girl who could be friends with other girls because it became such a like toxic relationship almost where it was just constant competition until I found martial arts and then it became a whole different realm of women who are just completely real and they're not there to pick up guys you know they're not there to like be your competition they're there to be part of your team and I genuinely never had that in my life before And now it's like, ah, this is what women friendship is like. And this is what I've been missing my whole life. Yes. 
No, I love that. Well, and because like the teammate you have, teammates you have are so important in Muay Thai. Like it's a very individual sport, but like I'm sure other sports are like this, but I don't know them as well. So <laughs> I'm not gonna I talk don't know. Um, but like you put, like you said, like Brandon, yeah, when we step into the ring, we you could get killed, like straight up. I've seen people, I haven't seen people die. I have this on video, but in like real life, I've seen them knocked out. I've seen that, you know, I've seen like intense injuries. And knowing that when I get in the ring, it's my teammates who work with me, who beat, punch me in the face, who take my safety into their hands every day when I go train with them. They're the people who help me get ready so that I don't get hurt in the ring. And that's like the ultimate level of like trust and connection. And even people who I've been like, piss me off or like, you know, I'm not super tight with, like, it's not about having to know or like all the same things. It's about like this common goal and this understanding of safety and respect first and foremost for each other. Um, And that's like what I love deeply because you find that humanity in each other. You take care of each other. You hurt each other enough so that when the other person gets in the ring, they know that they're fine or they have the confidence in themselves to step up and like be their best self. But it doesn't come without getting put through hell in fight camp. Yeah. Um, it also like, has yeah. a great... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I think it also has an incredible, like, Muay Thai martial arts has just this way of what... Well, Muay Thai, I've seen it specifically in, like, weeding out the douchebags. Yeah. Like, you either can't hang and not be a dick or you realize that you're a dick and start to like change how you talk to people, how you interact with people. Um, I'm, I genuinely, and I tell Brandon this every time I meet somebody who I'm like, I said, (laughs) there are so many, like at top level specifically, I was like, you, Colton, Walker, like are not like you're on a pedestal for me because I love you so much but like (laughs) I was like you are such I love that you're bringing the bar up for me in my head for the way gentlemen should be acting like they're not you know saying things just, just being genuine good humans and I appreciate that so much like and seeing that in the place that I'm the most vulnerable is it means the world to me so yeah. thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you have that experience that's like for me I think what consistently for myself has been difficult is making sure like as a woman there are like incredible spaces like I had a great space where I grew and then but there are lots of like toxic places too that because they're male dominated can be you know breeding grounds for abuse or different situations or just you know walking in and not knowing the culture and not knowing how to set boundaries or not knowing how to like take on as a woman or like the lone woman in that space. Like I know a lot of stories of people who've been through hard things too. So I love that you have that connection as well, because that's like part of what's been so hard for me from my journey has been like falling in love with Muay Thai and finding this thing that was so healing in my home and helped me become my favorite version of myself. And then also seeing the same kind of struggles in that as well, because they're the same struggles across the world. <laughs> like no place is exempt from hard things in humanity yeah. um, and abuse and different things, but learning to have those conversations in these incredibly vulnerable spaces is like a new process I'm working through as well. 
I love that. I'm so, I, yeah, I didn't even think about that because I know that that was something that you had talked about in specifically uh, who you were with at the time and dating were the same. You shared the same fighting circles, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that that would be really hard because like you said, you fell in love with this thing that it was so healing and so wonderful. And then to have it used as a manipulation tool is just fucked. So I'm really glad that you're in this space though. Thank you. It's, it's part of the process. It's part of being in like a male dominated world. Things in Thailand are different. Um, Like misogyny is everywhere. That's not exclusive to anyone or any country or anything. Um, But it's a little bit more overt here. And they're like, like, for example, women have to go under the ropes to get in the ring. I just, Sylvie Douglas just, I watched one of her fights and I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like it scared me and I paused the video and I was just like, what the fuck yeah it's it's all it's all evolving and getting better i feel like though i mean because i when it, it, it's not very long they just started letting women fight i feel like so uh the women have been fighting but lumpini stadium one of the biggest stadiums there's raja Domnern, and then there's lumpini raja Domnern women still can't fight in that stadium they're not allowed to touch the ring but in lumpini as of like august they started letting women fight there so August. one of my friends last month just fought, I have two friends who just fought there who are, you know, they're becoming more and more, um, I don't know if it's accepting or if it's just for money because of COVID, they've had to like open up to more shows and stuff, but it's happening. Women are getting opportunities. Yeah. So we got to shout out <laughs> but, for that. But yeah. That's not even a year ago, you know, so that's yeah, crazy, exactly. but it, at least like it's, it's, heading in the right direction it's just that like everything good it moves pretty slow usually so. do you have anybody who is training for the olympics because muay thai just became a sanctioned olympic sport right yes i don't have anybody here i know um tai nan who went and uh she trains out of fairtex normally she and i are friends but she just went back for the world the qualifying like yeah. world qualifiers yeah in denver um, so I know her, she didn't make it to the gold, but um, I know several of the people because I'm friends with some people at USMF and several photographers and several of the fighters through different conversations on the internet, mostly <laughs> running into each other at fights or whatever. Um, but yeah, I think the majority of people here, there aren't a lot of foreigners in Thailand right now. Yes. They're probably going to continue to be more as things open up, but majority of people who are here are kind of like here trying to fight rather than going back. But the couple that went back was, I think, Thai, maybe one other person. I'm not sure who. Okay. Um, But yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I think I, I, there's a lot of travel plans that obviously everybody has on their mind right now, but I would love to get out there and train. I said, I was like, all I want to do is train and drink and lay on the beach. And I was like, the times that I'm not training, I want my liver to say, we're never going back to Thailand. (laughs) I was like, I just need that kind of intensity balanced with beauty in my life right now. I, I, on the other hand, would like to fight at one point in time <laughs> I think that'd be so yes. <laughs> oh and more and more fights are coming back actually so like things are starting to open up so super champ and Moy hardcore up until literally this weekend I think have been in Phuket because Phuket had like the sandbox pro- program which I don't understand all of that it's a it's a COVID <laughs> thing I don't know what that is I don't know anyway 
I'm not going to delve into Thai immigration policy on this podcast. Um, <laughs> no, let's not. Things are starting to open up is the point and more and more fights are starting to come back. I think more promotions are going to be coming back. So the opportunities will begin to flourish more, I hope. I'm very hopeful because I this next fight is amateur, but my hope shortly after that is to be officially pro um, because normally all fights in Thailand are pro, I think. So I was surprised there is this gym putting something on, but I'm happy to just get back in the ring after almost like two and a half years. <laughs> So yeah. I'll take what I can get, but more and more like the different provinces, like a lot of the prov- random provinces used to just have like small fights in a random like field basically. And they'd like, have people come out and there were fights every single night of the week and like all these places. So hopefully we're coming back to that, that yeah. world and there will be plenty of opportunity for you. I hope, Brandon. Yeah, I go. hope so too. <laughs> I definitely want to fight right now. Yeah. Fighting for, I will probably do TVA in June. I know Jamie's going to be doing TVA. And I was like, Jamie, don't fight at 122 because she's very tall and really thin. And I'm like, I don't want you in my bracket. And she was like, well, I'm going down a weight class. I was like, yay. But, um, but, uh, yeah, I think that'll be, and that is probably my next fight. I just, um, I think I put fights on a level that they don't need to be. And I think it's because there's so few of them in the States that I just don't have that exposure to being able to just like do one every weekend to get comfortable with that setting, with that surrounding, with the quote unquote pressure. And I think I just put too much emphasis on it and I need to let it the fuck go. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. I think that's more common in the States. Yeah. I think that's the thing is, like you said, because there are so many, yeah, there are so few fights and especially for women and especially for women in like our bracket ish, where it's, for me, I found that once I passed like my beginner level, it was so difficult. Like I was ready to fly to Chicago to fight prime. Like I was in DC just being like, I will go anywhere. Like New York, Florida, where like take me. I'm like working full time and paying because it's all amateur. I'm like paying to fight, paying to fly these places to yeah. be like, please, yeah. can I fight? Yeah. And then it would like fall through or the girl would pull out or COVID hit and then everything went to shit. But uh, so yeah, getting that, even just getting that experience like is so valuable and letting go of that stress and pressure. And it's difficult. Like I'm not going to act like I'm not going to be hella stressed <laughs> in, the, in a few weeks. But um, I, yeah, I think that that's the thing. Because in Thailand, it's just, it's, a, it's the way of life. Like when you fight, I think, you know, kids start fighting because it's how they help pay for their parents. Like they, they're from a poor family and a gym kind of like takes them on and they send their money back to their parents so that they can like fight and help their family. And so here it's interesting the dynamic between like the Thais and the foreigners because foreigners is like this is our fight in thailand like i'm gonna be good but often some of the thai fighters like they might let it lose like lose if they can tell that they're gonna lose they might just be like oh like i got knocked down or whatever because they need a fight again in not covid times in a few days or in next week and they can't afford to get really injured because they're good they got to keep making money so it's a very different mindset and that's how you get our the thai fighters with hundreds of fights is you- they just 
fighting. Do you think that is also where like the style, like the styles kind of diverge as well? Because I think Ian's style is so much rooted, obviously from Métis, where it's that in and out, that smart fighter style, as opposed to that Dutch fighter style, which is just like push, push, push. It doesn't matter if you get knocked out or, or hurt because you're not fighting every day. Yeah. I've never thought of that before, but that would make perfect sense to me, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Because I'm like, yeah, I I understand the idea from a American, like, now that brain injuries are so prevalent, like, I understand being a smart fighter so that you can fight for longer. But I was just kind of like, oh, maybe that's why. I don't know. Again, history. I'm I'm invested. Yeah. My hypothesis. There you go. I love it. Oh, my gosh. I have, I could talk to you for literally ever. This has been probably one of the most cathartic uh, moments that I've had on a Sunday ever. Yeah. (laughs) Like, forever. It's it's, it's 10 a.m. over here. We're like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you putting off sleep just a little bit for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. Yeah. Happy to. Thank you guys so much. This is so great. I'm down to talk anytime. Just, just throwing that out there. So Amazing. I oh, yeah. really want to really quickly, because I totally forgot to put this in there, but you started an Instagram page. Would you mind talking about that a little bit for me? Yeah, absolutely. So part of this, all of it just ties together with having been in the space where I was recognizing that one, I want like more women in Muay Thai. Um, for multiple reasons. One, so I have more people to fight, so I have more people to train with. <laughs> um, and just because I know what it's done for me and having trained women and seen women like put on gloves and hit the pads for the first time and have that same version of an epiphany that I had, like I just love that feeling so much and learning like you're strong, you can be confrontational, you can be all of these elements that they then take into the rest of their lives because I've taken all of the elements into the rest of my life. Um, I became really passionate over time of recognizing that like, because there are so few of us in different gyms, there's a big thing that we're lacking where we want to, you know, there are certain things that no matter how good our male coaches are, they can't help us with like training on your period or weight, cut, cutting weight on your period or you say just, it like, again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Or even just like how it feels like we do move differently. The way that our bodies are shaped is different. And so having other women who you can speak to is incredibly helpful. And not just one woman. Like I love to talk about everything women Muay Thai forever, but there are some things like I've had friends come to me with issues that I didn't have an answer to. Like one woman came and talked to me and she was like, yeah, listen, when I train really hard, my uterus, like my cardio gets going and my uterus starts hurting. I was like, ah, I don't know what that is. But like doctor is what I think. But then I also have now met two to three more women who have that same experience. I don't understand it. I still think doctor, but I'm like, hey, you're not alone, which is what we're all like. At the end of the day, that's what's so hard. I think about all of it is feeling alone, feeling overwhelmed, dealing with your eating disorder, dealing with, you know, maybe you're being harassed in the gym. There's a lot of like potential for hard things in the sport in general. And I want everyone to be able to be safe and comfortable in the place that they train. Um, But I think having women be able to talk to each other more, be able to even just connect and talk about, here are some other women that are out there and this is what they're living or this is what they've experienced and you're not alone. Um, The Instagram page was kind of the goal just to start talking to other women and see 
you know, who's out there, what opportunities are there, highlighting the other women who have started businesses specifically for Muay Thai, who are highlighting Muay Thai fighters. Um, yeah, just trying to connect more of us because it's such a small world and it's even smaller for those of us who are women. So might as well connect us so we can grow and info share and just get better together. That's yeah. really the goal. I love it. It's, it's a great Instagram. I definitely like through or like went through it. Um, we will absolutely link it so that you guys can all find it and stuff like what that. What is that for people that are listening? You're good. It's at Women of Muay Thai. Super simple. Oh, good. Okay, Great. Cool. <laughs> Easy to yeah. remember. Yeah. I mean, how many times did I say literally in the last hour, I'm so <laughs> glad I'm not the only one feeling that way because I, yeah. I, we do not talk about that um, near enough, you know, of, of how we're feeling because we're just told it's it makes everybody else feel awkward and yeah. uh you know what let them feel awkward yeah and I think like we're all going through like <laughs> I used to have a, a friend who we went through fight camp together and we would call each other every single night to debrief which is amazing if you have that person if you don't you can also journal or whatever I'm trying to like do that to myself now and be like okay how was my day like it was nice when she and I would talk because I'd be like listen I was a little bitch today like I was so mad she was like kicking my leg and I was like that hurt and I was like mad about it yep. and she was like oh no I felt like I was like all these things and it was so funny that we were going through the same experience in my head I'm thinking she's like judging me or being like wow Sarah come on we're training and I'm like oh don't kick my leg so hard um <laughs> but in reality we're both just going through the same stress and insecurity and as always focused on ourselves rather than the other people around us yeah. Um, but just getting that like validation and support of just being like, oh, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy. I'm not suddenly somehow the only person who's ever experienced these feelings or this process. And I don't think it just has to be women, but yeah, just anyone being able to talk and be more vulnerable. It's refreshing and grounding to really just feel that validation. It is, it is grounding. And it, I mean, we are all human and that's what is the great thing that connects us all. So very cool. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That was excellent talking to you. I'm excited to see more experiences and things you're doing later on. Yes. Hell yeah. Totally okay. awesome. I'm going to stop recording. Perfect. Bye.